This is Will Swan and you're listening to the Amber and Blue. Right, I'm hoping this is going to work now. Um, as I've said, he's just a frigging pain in the arse. Um, let's see. Sent a couple of invites out, so let's see if they can come in and join. Good evening. Good evening, Harry. How are you? Uh, still not over it, mate. <laughs> in all honesty. I know, mate. It's, yeah. I've, it, I've said to all my mates, I'm not going to be over it until 5th of August when that first ball's kicked again. <laughs> yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, it's just so buttering into it. And and to lose how we did, you know, to miss out how we did on, on, a, on a goal. Um, it's just heartbreaking all around, isn't it? Welcome, Richard. Evening. How are you? Oh, not bad, not bad. Getting over it. We go yeah. again. We go again. Um, it's just horrible, isn't it? It's just, went, it's just a bit of disappointment. I went to one of my mates who uh, don't like football. I went, what do you actually do on a Saturday? Because I don't know what to plan for myself on Saturday now. No, I, I, I mean, I'm at work on Saturday, but yeah, I, I don't know. Rich, what are your plans on a Saturday from now on? Well, I go on holiday on Friday, so the next couple of Saturdays are sorted, but after that, we'll, uh, we'll probably start struggling, but... Pre-season will start before we know it, so. Yeah, there is that. I mean, I mean, Nigel said, didn't he, in a previous interview that he was looking at getting, he was looking at getting one in York, wasn't he? And then I think, yeah. was it Scotland? Yeah, I think they're on about oh, going back to Scotland, weren't they? But... Yeah. Harry, you fancy a weekend in Scotland? Yes, mate. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Get That's it, isn't it? Mate. You know the money, the money that you save now on your away days and stuff. You might as well put in a little pot. Then when pre-season comes, we can all go down to Scotland. Oh God, we're all going on a Scotland tour. Uh, can you imagine? It's it's going to be fucking Baltic up there and all into it. You well, just we've pretty much been to Scotland, haven't we, with Barrow and Carlisle? So uh, it's all right. Yeah, Rich, are you up for Scotland? I'm up for Scotland. It dep- well, not not if it's far into Scotland, like it's about nine hours to get there. But yeah, cool. we can we can, we can break it down into trips, can't we? That's it, little mini trips. <laughs> See how many places we can get pissed in before we get to Scotland. But um, yeah, so uh, without further ado, I guess we better start then. So Monday's game, it was well, was what it was, wasn't it? Um, there was that little glimmer of hope, but. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about it, Rich? Yeah, I think it was it was just one of them games where, for all we had a chance, it, it never really looked at any point that we were going to actually get there. I mean, you know, everyone was buzzing when Leighton Orient scored, and I think they managed to hold on to the lead for about ninety seconds before before Bradford equalised. Um, and I think going off what we've seen and read. Them two teams are always going to play out a draw between them, because um, it suited both of them. I think the obviously the the hope was, in a way that, Laps and Ollie Hawkins were going to do as a favour, and you know they managed to beat them. But we just, you know, we, we knew we needed to score three, and I think 
we did all right in terms of, you know, going in one nil up at half time. I think, you know, we didn't need to go for it too early. But I think in the second half, I think we needed to take the handbrake off a bit earlier and and start going for it. I mean, the second goal came ninety plus six. It left us three minutes to get a third goal, and it was it was just never going to be long enough. Yeah, definitely, Harry. What did you go to the game? Um, no, no. To be honest, um, I was meant to. <laughs> And then a couple of pints at the Swan turned into a whole night out in Mansfield. And uh, next thing you know, I'm walking through door at half four in the morning. So, uh, here's to that. Out. Um, what, did you manage to catch it on iFollow or anything so, like that? I'm a bit superstitious. I've never watched... Uh, whenever I've watched Mansfield on iFollow, we have lost. So, I went and watched Bradford instead. <laughs> I had... What in the hope in the hope that he'd rub off yeah, on them? I, I'm I'm so superstitious when it comes to football, and bearing in mind it was the last game of the season and we needed to win. As much as I'm a Mansfield fan, I had to do it for my club and just not watch it because if I had to watch that game, there'd have been some god that told Mansfield to lose the game or something. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, it it was a, it was an early trip. One, I watched it back. I did watch it back, um, and any other game in season, you'd take them three points and you think it were an amazing performance and we were there at a bit, thereabouts and fair, fair play, three points, we're going home laughing. But it's just gutting, isn't it? It's really gutting. Yeah, definitely. And, and you're right, any other time in the season, you, you'd take those three points, wouldn't you, Rich? Yeah, I think... Like I was just said, you know, if you get three points away at Colchester, two 0 win away at Colchester at any other point of the season, you, you're looking at it thinking that's a good result. But it's just at that point of the season now where you start thinking, if only we'd have managed to get a point here, or you know, not conceded late on there, or but you know, we're not probably not the only team that, that's thinking like that. So here's one of them, but no, we can do now. I'm just gutted because yeah. I genuinely do not know how. Carlisle have got into that playoff spot. I really don't. And the difference between Carlisle and us is they've ended up beating them teams at the bottom and we haven't. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. Although, I have got a question for you later on, so I'll, I'll ask it in a bit. Jay, welcome. Hello, hello. Uh, thoughts on Saturday, mate? Um, as Harry said earlier on, uh, you'd take that any day of the week, apart from Monday. I think we played quite well. Uh, could have got three or four easily, but it's just at the end of the day, we're unlucky. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd agree with that. We just, we needed a goal, didn't we? And I don't know, you know, it's, it's another one, isn't it? You don't want to criticise Nigel, but you think when you're desperately needing a goal, James Gale could have come on a little bit earlier? Yeah, and he's been fantastic, to be fair to him. Good lad, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching him next season, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping that it's, it, you know, these goals that Gailey's picked up towards the back end of the season, um, I'm hoping it's just given the young lad a bit of confidence now to just go on and smash it next season. Rich, what are your thoughts on Gailey? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think it would have been... I mean, there's a few saying he, he might have started on Monday and I think putting him on earlier. Like I said, I think I think we, we could have gone for it a bit earlier. I mean, 
even so much as at the end when he took Swan off. I think did it was it Swan Gale that came on for Swan. I, I'd have found a way of leaving Swan on as well because at that point we just needed to put the ball forward and hope that you know Swan was going to stick it down in back at net. It wasn't really a point in worrying about conceding. It, it was all or nothing at that point. In all honesty, when I watched it back, um, what do you call it? When I watched the game back, and do you know when Swan misses that chance, you could tell by his body language he was absolutely knackered, like finished. To be fair, um, and I'm, I don't get why fans are compl- some fans are complaining at him for missing it. To be honest, because he was the one who worked it, the chance himself. He was the one who won the ball back. So th- the fans who were saying, "Oh, Swan this, Swan that, Swan missed that chance that cost us playoffs," it didn't. He created it for himself. Yeah, he probably would have put, should have put that away, but he's knackered. He's absolutely shattered, and you could tell. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think that's the thing, though. I mean, people are saying, you know, Swan should have done this, Swan should have done that. But then, realistically, looking back, we should have beat Rochdale. We didn't. That, that's the thing. It's, it's easy to focus on that one game and say, you know, Swan should have scored that and, you know, any other game he might have finished it, maybe it was in his head that we needed another goal and he got in his own head, but that's not what cost us the playoffs, you know, fa- failing to get anything off Harrogate all season cost us the playoffs, failing to beat Grimsby in bo- both games cost us the playoffs, being 2-0 up at Barrow and losing 3-2, you know, they're the games that cost us the playoffs, it's over 46 games, not just what happened on Monday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that, you can't, you can't really argue with it, can you? I mean, some people will criticise like, Swan for the, for the chance, but, you know... I'd just like to put out that the last two seasons, we've had games in hand, right? And both times, we've never won the game in hand. Yeah, we, we obsess over it. We did it last season and we, we did it this season. Oh, we've got this game in hand, we've got that game in hand. But, you know, realistically... Next season, I'd rather just play in bloody snow than have games in hand stacking up because it don't work in his favour, does it? No, and it didn't help in our favours thinking, oh, Leighton Orient's going to turn pissed up and then fucking... <laughs> they just end up running us off the pitch and it's it's mental, to be honest. I think, to be honest, the snow call-off for that game, yeah, we probably called it a bit earlier, but I'm not going to lie, I thought there were going to be loads of games off, but clearly the snow were swept away clear too quick anyway so it is what it is yeah and I mean that's it and today it's like you know we all sat here when you know we're all a bit gutted but you know there's a lot of positives to be had and this is this is where we move in on now to uh this is where we move on to like well realistically, we move on to next season and Nigel and his one-year contract. How do you feel about that, Harry? Mate, uh, I was sat on the fence um, before his interview Monday um, after the game. I was sat on the fence, whereas I weren't bothered if he went, weren't bothered if uh, we kept him. But I listened to his interview and I was like, you know what, this guy, this guy is hurting. He wants us up. He wants to get us up and he's going to do whatever it takes to get us promoted next season. And you could tell, he was like, I just want the 5th of August to hurry up. So, for me, that interview probably turned it for me to say, look, I'm going to get behind him next season. Just please get a younger and 
more squad depth, please. And that that's all I hope for next season from him. Yeah, I think that's fair to ask. Welcome, Lucas. My my Twitter's been having a meltdown. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of gathered that, mate. What we just nip back and cover Saturday again. What were your thoughts on Saturday, mate? We didn't play. Yeah, we didn't play. Yeah, Monday. We didn't play so. <laughs> uh, Monday. Yeah, I got yeah Monday. Uh, well, we did what we needed to do. Really, we we played well. We was defensive enough that we didn't concede, but we had that attacking mindset. Um, and yeah, we did our bit. We just didn't get a bit of luck anywhere else. You know, it, when when Swan missed that chance and we hit the bar, you know, it, you just thought to yourself, it's just not going to happen for us today. And either of them go in and, and we do it, you know, it, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, yeah, I don't, you know, you can't even argue with that. And uh, I know you're a big Nigel fan, so how do you feel about the news of him having a uh, one-year contract? That's exactly what, how it should have been. We should not be changing managers all the time, you know, it's it, it's one of the worst things you can do, really. You've... You've got to stick with your foundations that you build. And yeah, it might take some time. Even if we don't go up next season, you've still got to get him to renew his contract again because it's it's like you put the money in to fund him and then all of a sudden you get rid of him. You know, what was the point? So, is yeah, it's the right decision for me. It's, I never really had anything against it. It was always how it should have been. Uh, I kind of disagree. <laughs> well, why, Harry? Because statistically, I mean, Steve Evans' first full season, Stevenage promoted. Richie Wellens' first full season promoted. Uh, John Brady's had two seasons, I think, now at it at Northampton promoted. And then you go back um, further down the line last season, Rob Edwards promoted. Um, Joe Barton, first full season promoted. And it just goes on and on and on. Yes, we might have invested a lot in Clough. And bearing in mind, I am saying I'll back him for next season. I just disagree with the fact that changing the manager is the worst thing you possibly can do. Because quite clearly, it is, it's really not. Where do you think wrong this season? Where do, you think, where do you think Nigel's got it wrong then this season? Injuries aside, because obviously... Apart from that, where do you think he's got it August. wrong? August, when we knew we needed a centre-back and a backup full-back, and he didn't sign one. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people feel like that. Rich, where do you think it went wrong for Nigel this season? Um, like I said, the injuries haven't helped. I don't think... I think start of this season, he persisted on... Um, Obviously, last season we played a lot of four four two with a diamond, and at the start of this year he persisted on going with five at back. I don't think, um, I think we play better as we have done the last few weeks with a four at the back, either four three three or or a diamond. I think, I don't know what I think because other teams are playing five at the back. He's maybe he's thought we could do it, but I I just think we suit better a, a flat back four. And either the diamond or the four three three, you know, that's been working. But like I say, injuries injuries have played a big part. But you know that even in January, we knew we had half of the injuries that we had, 
and I think maybe one or two extra could have been brought in in January, even loan signings, because we had a couple of loan spaces left. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think squad size is always going to be a, a, a talking point when you when you've got that many injuries. But I, I do think he has to get a couple extra in for next season on top of what he's had this season. It's not even the injuries for me to be honest, though. Because if you look throughout the top eight, we've got the smallest squad and the oldest squad. So without injuries, you, you just knew it weren't enough. I said it in August before we even got injuries. That small squad's probably going to kill us. I think as well with the injuries, it, it, it's where we've it's where we've had it. And um, like centre mid is sort of one area where you can afford a couple of injuries because you've got... Um, you know, centre mid's probably, in terms of strength and depth, probably our strongest area on the pitch. But then you look at sort of um, like the left-back problem. We went into the season with just Macker as a left-back and he's had three or four injuries this season and it wasn't even addressed in January, bringing in another left-back. So that that's certainly one area that needs to be addressed in the summer. Yeah, definitely. I think... You know, I'd I'd agree with both of them. I'm just going into the uh, chat here now, and uh, so um, so Liam's put in there unpopular opinion. Personally, think Gale will become a first teamer um, this coming season, and I think he's right. To be fair, um, he's also put Clough is a long term plan manager, not a one season success story, which he's right about Liam. But how how long do you give someone? You give them three, four years. At what point do we say, thanks, but no thanks, Nigel. You've got us this far, but, you know. We're... I, th- I think the one-year deal is telling because I think it suits both parties in terms of if we get off to a bad start this year, it's not going to cost the club a load to get rid of him. If we get promoted and we've got the option, then we don't. I know Luca said about negotiating a deal. If we've got an option to extend his contract, we don't need to negotiate anything because we can just trigger that extension and and it, and it's taken care of already. So I think the one-year deal is is telling in the fact that I think he knows that this season there is going to be pressure on him. Yeah, and I, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, Lucas, you've had your hand up for a while. Yeah. It, the the thing is, uh, we all know that he likes a small squad. Um, the thing is, you, we don't know what goes off inside the club, as in more as in the ownership and the money and things. And we don't know if he's said, I want a centre-back, a full-back and such and such. And they've just said, we're not going to fund you for it. So, as as much as we can blame him for it, you we've also got to try and look a little bit deeper into the club than just thinking, oh well, well he could have signed such and such, yeah, but he might have not had can the backing for it. It might have been told that we weren't going to sign him, you know. So it's it's not as simple as that. It was just him saying he didn't want to sign them. But I think Nigel's made it clear in several interviews that he he likes to operate with a small squad. I don't know if it was him when he first came in or not. Kept banging on about looking after owners' money and, and stuff like that and he doesn't he doesn't like to waste money. So I think, you know, if, if we'd have had a full season without any injuries and had that squad available every week, there's no doubt we'd have finished a lot higher up. But you're not going to get through a 46-game league season plus all cup games with that size squad and not pick can up I, injuries. Can I just oppose to the centre-back thing? We knew it after Wembley it was a priority to get a centre-back. So why was it 
if you're saying it, oh, he's on a budget, we don't know what's going on in behind, why wasn't a centre-back his first priority than signing a centre-mid or something like that? Well, I think, I think that's a fair point, Harry, and I'll bring lower lead looking in a minute, but um, the thing is with that, I I believe that we were after him from Oldham, who's at Stevenage, P- Piligiani, I'm crap with pronouncing names, um, who's had an excellent season with Stevenage. However, he turned us down to go to Stevenage, and I don't, I don't really think we had a plan B. Was I Tom Nail not this season as well? Or was that last season? Yeah, yeah no, that were that were. When was that? I can't think if that was the beginning of this season or the beginning of last season. And he'd done his medical and signed, and then his agent pissed him off to Wigan or wherever he went. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to have a look when that was. But yeah, I mean that's a fair point. I think we had literally two choices, and when they didn't come, we kind of yeah didn't do very well. I don't think summer was a good window for us. Um, and on that note, Lower League Look has put something in the chat saying all four playoff teams have managers in their first full season with their clubs. So, it is doable. All, all, sorry, um, at all, that seven, point. all seven teams that finished above the year have... Uh, if Brady's in his first full season, I can't remember. I don't know if that was one that was mentioned, but Orion, Stevenage, Bradford, Carlisle, Scottport and Salford, all first full years of managers and that's another point for you and that's what I mean lads another point for you all uh, you've got a, you've got a bigger squad than Stevenage and you've only got one less player than Stockport and Salford so it's not down to squad size it, it, it isn't it's down to mismanagement it is down to Nigel Clough and we, you can look for excuses and stuff we've all had injuries you know I'll, I'll obviously I, I follow Bradford. I'll pull out. We've had three of our right backs out at one time this season. Um, we were open. We we just started conceding goals from that position, and then our left back went on loan. We brought someone else in. He got injured, and then our backup left back also got injured. We played with no fullbacks. We all go through injuries, but you don't have a really. You've got an average squad. There's a few with bigger squads, but like we've got. 30 players, but I can name five or six of those players that aren't first team ready in any way, shape or form. So, they're not really, it's not really a squad of 30. We, we haven't called on them, we don't need to, but it's not a squad thing. You've got one player less than uh, Stockport, one player less than Salford, and you've got a bigger squad than Stevenage. Stevenage have, I think, the second smallest squad in the league. Third smallest, sorry. Uh, sorry, the joint second smallest is with Harrogate. Um, and I mean, look at that. Harrogate have got a smaller squad than you, and they, they turned you over with ease. It's it's not a it's not down to squad size. It's, it is down to mismanagement. And I said you'd be silly to sack Clough when you were in with a shout of getting into the playoffs, but he's taking you backwards this season. Now you're not in with a shout. I think giving him another year's madness. He's not shown any improvement in your second year. You've got worse across the park. You've got worse, and a lot of them are the same players. They've got worse. Resource completely different players the last year. He's a he's a worse player now than he was twelve months ago. That's on Clough. See, I th- I think the thing is resource for me personally is that he got injured. He came back. He got injured again. I just don't think he ever hit the heights of fitness that he was at last season. Um, but but I mean that's that's a great outlook because we're all Stags fans and we all sit here with blinkers on, but. You know, when you when you do look at the squad size, there is obviously improvements need doing there. I mean, the fact is, 
we didn't really account for Maka getting injured. And then when we did, we brought in a replacement and he got injured. And then I think he played 45 minutes at Harrogate away and then 20 minutes at Notts County. And that was pretty much him done and out the door. I think that was right, wasn't it, Rick? Well, I, th- I think, obviously, going back to um, squad size, you know, regard- however, whatever our squad size is compared to it, the squad size has affected us in terms of the injuries we've had. Because I bet you can count on, the, on one hand how many players have had a run of 10 or 12 consecutive league starts. I mean, you go through the team. I think Pim's had a couple of spells out on sidelines. Mac has had several spells out on sidelines. Hartigan's been out injured. Harbottle's been out injured. Ollie Clark's been out injured several times. Callum Johnson's been on and off since he came in. Maris has been on and off since he came in. So, you know, you can go through a team and, you know, the, you're probably looking at maybe Elliot Hewitt, Lucas Aikens and one or two others that have had a run of 10 or, uh, 10 or 12 starts. And, you know, when you've got a settled team and players are playing regularly and the more match fit, you are going to get a better performance out of them. And like you said, Reese Oates, you know, every time he's come by, he seemed to come back, pick up another injury. I think he'd just come back when we played Bradford away and ended up doing his shoulder. And then did he not come back from that one and, and do something stupid and twist his ankle or do his hamstring or something? So, you know, in, injuries have played a part. And I think more so in January when we knew the likes of Hartigan was going to be out for uh, the season and or the majority of it anyway. Maris was obviously nowhere near... Uh, match fit because he couldn't you know they tried him in warm up and he couldn't even make warm up so it was obviously he was going to be a good few months away so I think January was the I know summer wasn't a great window but I think January was the one where we knew it was going to be one of them seasons for injuries and we could have brought in one or two more yeah I think I think that's the thing and and we've often spoke um that we worry that Nigel doesn't have a plan b and I think it's it's shown a little bit this season with injuries and getting cover in and, and things like that, I think a lot of teams have reacted quicker and better to what we have. And that's something, obviously, we need to address moving forward. Lucas, you've had your hand up for ages, mate. Yeah, I, I think as well, it's I, um, I was one that moaned about squad size, but obviously I, I didn't know that there were smaller squads. I think the problem as well, obviously, we come back to the point of age. Um, is a major issue. We need to go for a younger squad. We've all discussed that. But it's it's the lack of backup in certain positions. I mean, up front, we're, we've got loads of forwards, whereas defenders, we've not really got any cover. I mean, you've got Lucas Aikens starting at wing-back. You've got Bowers starting at wing-back. And I think that maybe we're, we're just trying to use the small squad as an excuse. And I can see where people are coming from with it a bit about, you know, other people have got smaller squads and I think it's kind of just something that, you know, we can look at it like we need better backup in certain positions rather than blaming the squad as such. Can I just say, I don't don't think you do need backup. I think Clough's man management is clearly a problem. And it is, Russell, you, you were actually raised it to me the other day and then I started thinking more about it. You guys had Andy Cook. Clough couldn't manage him. Didn't work. Got rid. You've had Danny Johnson this season. He's, he was on. He was one of the best forwards in the league first half of the season. You brought him back. He hadn't played him because he don't like him. Clough's man management. Do you know what stood out for me this season? I don't know who it was, but someone called him Cluffy, and he got an attitude about it. And that just shows if he gets me. an attitude on the summit. Was it you? Yeah, it was me. 
Yeah, so he got an attitude with you calling him Cluffy. Something that I've heard thousands of times him called. If he gets an attitude over something so simple as that, these players will be walking on eggshells around that man. Like, genuinely will not know what to do, who to say things to, what they can say. His man management is evidently poor. And as players settle into your squad, you're signing players, like I say, like Resorts, who's come in, he was a great player last season. But as they're here longer, your players are going backwards. You missed out on the playoffs by a goal. It's not a massive loss, but the fact is, last season, you probably at one point should have won the league. You had the games in hand. You had two games on Forest Green. You were the best football inside in the league. He's taken the best football inside in the league and made you miss out on the playoffs this season. And instead, he's focused on things about people calling him Cluffy. Um, and he's got pissed off about that. He's got Danny Johnson sat on the bench when he's your top scorer this season and only scored one goal for you because he's been scoring him elsewhere. Andy Cook's left you. He's come to us. He had a season where he had a double hernia last season. He's still got more goals in his season last year when he was unfit than any of your squad this season. Like that's what sort that's that's what we're seeing from the outside. Clough used to be a manager that we all looked at, and Mansfield were a team that we all looked at and thought, don't want to play then. That's not the case this season. You've you've got you've lost that aura about you, you're not that team anymore. And there's only one person who can take blame on that because it's you haven't lost I mean, who are your big names? I don't well, I'm gonna say you haven't lost, you might correct me, but I don't feel like you've lost any massive names from last season to this season, really. When you look at, like, you know, you brought in Lapsley in January, you've still got all sorts of things like that. You haven't really lost any big characters. It's got to fall on club shoulders. And this, and this ties in nicely to where we're going next. Um, the Danny Johnson saga. We've spoke about it and spoke about it and spoke about it. But I think if we'd have played Danny Johnson more, we'd have been in the playoffs because we'd have probably got the goals we needed. Um, Rich, what's your thoughts on the comments from lower league look and the Danny Johnson and Clough? Well, the Danny Johnson thing, I think it's just a... I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just... It ties him now because Clough was never going to play him. And the only reason we kept hold of him was because I think at the time, Walsall were potentially going to be one of them teams that maybe in second half of the season kicked on. And we just stopped another team having Danny Johnson. Something's gone off behind the scenes, whether it's his attitude or whether he's called him Cluffy so he's fucked him off, I don't know. But uh, so, some, something's clearly gone off because he hasn't even been on the bench for the last two or three weeks. And, you know, I, I don't believe that he's injured. I believe that he's just been told he's not playing. Or Danny Johnson said, I'm out of contract. I'm not playing for you because if I get a bad injury, I've got no pay coming in next season. Maybe that's played into it over towards end of season as well. I don't know. But I even when he stayed in January, I think majority of us knew he was he was never gonna he was never gonna get a run of games in team. Yeah. Does that not show that Clough's a problem there though? Because you've went on you've been on a ship not a ship run, but you've been dropping points left, right and centre. Like he should have been like that's that's what a manager does. Then Russell mentioned it, a plan B. Danny Johnson's your plan B. Yes, he might not want to play him, but if his plan A ain't working, he needs a backup plan and that you've just stuck to the same plan and you've just ended up shit in the bed. Yeah, I think with Danny Johnson though, I, I don't know um 
obviously some players just work at different and t- different teams and what have you, but you just never got the feeling that it was ever going to... I mean, there's been times when he was on the bench just after January when he stayed and we needed a goal and he was chucking him on for the last five minutes. So whether that's because Clough doesn't rate him or doesn't like him or he's fallen out with him or I don't know, but I think it's been a long... It, you know, it's not just taking Danny Johnson for us to realise that, you know, a lot of people have said for a while now that if if Clough gets a start, it sounds stupid, but if Clough gets a start in 11 right and everything goes to plan, we're fine. But if it, if he needs to react to something or change it because it's not working, that that's when we start struggling. Yeah, and I'd go with that as well. Um, ben, you've joined the chat, mate. Um, first time speaker. Welcome, mate. What's on your mind? Hey, you all right, lads? How you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. I've just been listening. Listen, I think the the guy from Bradford, I think he's a bit harsh, to be fair, on Clough and Manson. I think they're only two points worse than what we were last season. The point about the players getting worse, you know, that's harsh on Oates. You know, he's been injured. Not quite the same. Danny, Danny Johnson comment. You don't, you don't have the pace. He's not a Clough-style player as a striker. You know, we play with, like, um, Gale's got a bit about him. Swan's a bit about him. It's a bit more pace. And Johnson just doesn't run like we did. So, can I can I answer on that? If he's just on, on that bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate. So, for, for me, the, the two-points thing, I think, is a bit of a false thing to look at because you shouldn't have only been two points ahead last season. You had the chance to win the league. And you had the game. Yeah, but we also started. We started very, very poorly. No, but towards the end, toward, I think towards coming into March, you still had because you had all those games in hand, and you had to play Forest Green twice. You'd have been mm. like, and you were the you were the most informed team in the league. So your start didn't really matter because you were there. The thing with so you started to tail off towards the back end of last season. That's when it started to go wrong. But saying that Danny Johnson isn't a club style player because he wants to play X Y Z. XYZ hasn't worked this season, so he needs a second style of play and it needs to be different, and that's what Danny Johnson is. You, you look at Walsall, Danny Johnson's, they're a, they're a, look at the impact he had as a one man. You know, he left Walsall and they went on, I think, one winning, something like 19 games because they lost their main man. He's got that kind of thing about him. You don't need to really fully adjust your style, just get the ball to him. He's only had five minutes here and there. Strikers can't blend in or can't bed into size in five, ten minutes. And again, it's not just Johnson. You look at Andy Cook with you. Andy Cook's another example. He wasn't good enough for Clough. Clough said that he wouldn't be re- or Clough said that he was he was free to go. He left, he came to us. He's done all right. I, I do think that Clough is at this point, he's taken you as far as he can. Like yeah, what, I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you Cook. I'll give you Cook to be fair, but for me, Johnson, he's just never looked right as a Mansfield player. He he just he just sticks out like a sore thumb. The effort's never been there. Um, I think his attitude's not in the right place. So I think he's, he's a tricky case study. So so the thing is, Ben, and I'll, I'll ask you this question. Do you think... Well, there's two questions. It's a two-part question. A, Nigel should have known what Danny Johnson was about because he is a Nigel Bluff signing. We, his brothers scouted him or whoever scouted him has brought that report to Nigel. Nigel sat and looked at it and signed him. So regardless of whether his work ethic's not there or if he doesn't run, Nigel surely would have known this before signing him. Yeah, true. And um, the second thing is, 
obviously he's, he's going, he's leaving Mansfield. We all know it. It's no, it's no big secret. Um, do you think he'll get double figures next season if he stays in League Two? Yeah, he probably will, to be fair. He'll probably go back to Warsaw, probably get 10, 15 goals. But personally, I'd much rather be given that game time to Gale because when he comes on, he looks hungry. And who's to say that he can't get 10 plus next season if he carries on the way he's finished the end of the season? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think Gale is probably one for the future. And I think he could, he could be the signing that we all need that we don't realise we need. However, you've got, you've got to learn off people, haven't you? And if you've got no... I don't know. I feel like if you've got no recognised striker at your club, you're going to struggle. I look at Riley Arbottle. You know, he's a young lad. He's come from Forest. He's a defender. You know, for the first half of the season, it must have been awful because he's got no natural centre-back to learn off. You know, for a young lad, you want someone like a Kilgore to, to learn off, to grow off. Start of the season, he was learning off Ollie Hawkins, who's a striker. So, Lucas, I know where this is going to go now. Here so, we go. Here we go. I've, I've uttered the magic Danny Johnson words, so over to you. You know for well how much I absolutely despise Danny Johnson. Um, obviously, when he came back from Warsaw, everyone was like, oh, Mint, we've got this great striker that's coming back. Double figures, he's going to bang in loads of goals for us. Whatever happened between him and Clough, he did not want to work for Clough. When he came back... He never ran, he never looked determined, he never clapped the fans, he never put any effort in, he did not care one bit. And he showed exactly who he is. And I'm telling you, as soon, I don't know when it was, I don't know which game it was, but I turned on him. I, he didn't come and clap us, I think it was an away game, I think it was after Wimbledon. He didn't come and clap us, he didn't shake anyone's hand, he just went straight down the tunnel. And that, for me, that was it. I, I was, I would never sung his name since, because he did not want to be at the club. And you know, I don't know what happened between them, whether it was Danny Johnson or whether it was Clough that started it. I don't know, but he did not want to be at the club. And it's like what happened the other day in the changing room at training. His name weren't on the on the locker, and he stormed out. You know, something we need within the club, and I don't care if he's gone. To be honest. But then, you're back, Lucas. You broke up a bit. Sorry, Lucas. Do you not do you not think that like you're talking about him not clapping and not doing this that, and the other? But do you not like it, I get and I get it. It's disrespectful. It is. But do you not think that he's being completely disrespected by the people in charge because? And you're saying he don't want to be at Mansfield. I don't really think it's a case that he don't want to be at Mansfield. I think he don't want to play for Nigel Clough. I, th I think that's all it's down to. I think if Clough had gone and a new manager came in and sat down with him and had a word and said, "Look, this is I know what you can do," he, he'd have stayed, or he probably would stay. But he's obviously not going to now because Clough's gone. But I, I think that you know, you've, you've essentially Clough is that stubborn. He's brought a player back who's got more goals than any of your team, and just let him rot on the bench. Like from it should have been a clean slate when he came back. It should have been you send players out on loan to prove themselves. That's what you do. You send them out, to, and he's gone out on loan. He's proved himself. He's come back and Clough's gone. Don't fucking matter what you do out on loan because you're not going to play for me. Why don't you just let him go again? Not even if you didn't let him go, let him go to Walsall. Let him go somewhere else. Don't drag him around with the with the team. 
knowing full well that you're just going to make him sit there because that is why it's an attitude. I'd be pissed off if I'm a footballer and I'm wanting to play football and I'm being told I've got to sit there and I know that I'm better than what you've got on that pitch because I've scored more goals than them and that's my job. Like, there's, there's give and take with it. He should be clapping the fans, fine, but he's pissed off. And I think we should all be able to understand why he's pissed off. And from an outside perspective, it is, it is it falls on Clough. He has caused that attitude. He's caused that problem in the dressing room. Yeah, I mean, the, I, don't get me wrong, I, I can tell that he's obviously not happy. But when he come back from Warsaw, we all wanted him to play. Clough never wanted him to play. You could see it from a mile away, he never wanted to play him. But us as fans, we wanted him to play. We'd always sing his name, we'd always sing, we want Johnson on. We'd do everything we can to get him on. And I, we, we all loved him. And then... That was it. Something just changed in him and nobody wanted him anymore. He never clapped us. And, you know, it's no matter what's happened between him, manager, owner, whatever's happened, we as fans absolutely loved him. And I think that if he'd have been different on the pitch and had shown us, you know, it wasn't him with the issue, then he probably wouldn't be in the situation he is because we'd have been like, well, hang on a minute, he's putting shifts in here and Clough ain't starting it. Clough's got the issue. It, it didn't come across like that as to the fans. He come on, he looked miserable. His first touch was awful. He never pressed, there was nothing. And I do think that's the only reason he stayed. Um, obviously, going back to the Warsaw point, because at one point, I did say to, I don't know who I was talking to, and I said, Warsaw could get into the playoffs this season. And I think that's the only reason we kept him, because if he did go back out in January, he would have gone back to Warsaw. But yeah. Then, at the same time, that then there's mismanagement on on Clough's side because if he's bringing back Danny Johnson and he knows he's not going to play him, if we could get a small fee, I think there was a lot saying that um, what was it? Danny Johnson wanted to go, but he only wanted a six months contract or something until summer, so he had more options or something like that. But I think Walsall had offered a fee, as had Hartlepool, I believe. Um, but if that was the case, why don't we just? let him go and use the money to bring in a striker who Clough will get on with, who he will work with and might, you know, be, be of use to us. The other thing I'll point out is this big thing that's being made about uh, our Danny Johnson never claps the fans. You watch how quick Nigel Clough fucks off down tunnel when we lose when we're away. He never uh, he never comes over and cheers for away fans when we lose. He's always straight down tunnel. So, you know, football is an emotional game and, you know, when you get beat, you know, you have got to find it within yourself to to go and applaud fans that have travelled hundreds of miles. But Clough doesn't. Garner most of the time does, but they do it from a lot further away than they do when we win. But you know that's probably the case for for a lot of teams. But you know, da- Danny Johnson was never going to work. There's obviously something's happened. He only signed for the club two years ago, so it can't be that he doesn't want to play for Mansfield Town, the club. It's it's got to be something that's happened between him and Nigel. Now, whether it's Danny Johnson's fault or whether it's Nigel Clough's fault, we'll probably never know until they're both long retired and they appear on football podcasts in about 15, 20 years' time and we'll find out what actually happened. But some it's obviously gone off because they don't like working with each other. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think the, the interesting thing is for me, in it all, is we talk about Danny Johnson's work rate and his work ethic and all stuff like that. 
we scouted him. It's not it's not like Andy Cook. So when Clough came in, Andy Cook was already a Stags player, right? So he's had to go on what he's seen when he's walked through the door. Danny Johnson, he would have done his due diligence on and watched him and got scouting reports, looked at his goals, looked how he could fit him in a team. Um, and and that's the bit that I struggle with, with the whole Danny Johnson thing. Why go to such great lengths to sign him and then just, you know, not be happy with the way he plays? If you've scouted him and you've done your job correctly, then you know how a player plays and how they're going to fit in. Surely that's the reason we all have scouting networks. But surely that just increases the point that you know it, it was no Danny Johnson not playing for Mansfield isn't because of his footballing ability. It's because of something that's happened off the pitch. Now, like I say, we might never know what's happened, and we might, you know, we might never know whether it's because of what Danny Johnson's done what Nigel Clough's done or, you know, anyone else. But it, it it's not about football and ability why Danny Johnson's not playing because anyone can see he scores goals in League Two. In League Two. So if you, you know, if he got on with Cloughy, he'd be playing. So something's happened and we, we don't know what that's caused all this. Yeah, and that's it. And at this point, I'm going to bring her in Essex Stag. So, uh, welcome, mate. And I'm sure you've got an opinion on this as well. So, over to you, mate. Hello, Ross. Hello, everyone. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Um, I'm kind of putting a positive spin on tonight because, uh, as you all know, I live, um, well, I can see Colchester's ground from my bedroom window and we won there. So um, I don't want to waste my breath and energy on Danny Johnson or anyone who's leaving. We won at Cole U. Brilliant. I'm over the moon. And I got to meet Carolyn Radford and Will Swan. Yeah, what what more could you ask Indeed. for? <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, yeah, obviously you've requested to speak, so um, you let's hear it. Yeah, I think really um, uh, just sort of signing off the season more than anything, I think all of the talk of Danny Johnson, are you talking about scouting networks, they obviously scouted a striker that had scored 20-odd goals for Orient the year before and they thought he'd work. It didn't work in the system. Um, whether he got on with Clough or not, we'll never know. Sometimes it don't work out. Sometimes you meet a nice girl at Weatherspoons and you take her for a drink and it doesn't work. You know, Danny Johnson hasn't worked. Most of the signings that this management team have brought in have worked. And I think if you want to focus on the negatives, then you'll look at Danny Johnson. If you want to focus on the positives, everyone thought Elliot Hewitt was crap after we played Bradford at the start of last season and Charles Vernon ripped him to bits. Yeah, you know, let's 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 be positive. You know, overall the management have done a good job. We're averaging six and a half, seven thousand at home every week. Uh the reasons for that, whether it's Forest in the Premier League, doesn't matter. You know, the club's on the up. The management team have got a lot to do with that and the recruitment. Let's get behind them and see what they do in the summer. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's a fair point, mate. And um I will ask you all a question, those that can speak and lower league law, for those that can hear me, because I think I'm having some problems again. Um, no, don't worry, it's only Lucas. Oh, well, that's all right then. Cheers. Um, do you think, <laughs> any time, any time, do you think the whole Danny Johnson saga has affected our season? No. Not massively, no. No, not, not. I, I don't think it's played the biggest part as what people would like to or make out it has done. I mean, he wasn't even our player for the first half of the season, so 
You know, he didn't affect the first half of the season. Second half of the season, he could have affected it in the second half of the season. He could have had a big effect on it in the second half of the season. But like we said before, it, it hasn't happened for whatever reason. I think the more we talk about it, the more I'm starting to get wound up at the fact that we didn't just sell him. And the way it was put to us in January, and Clough said after January, you know, Danny Johnson's a goal scorer. If we need goals, we'll play Danny Johnson. We needed goals and he didn't play Danny Johnson, which tells me even after we said we were going to keep him, he had no intention of playing him. So why are we then not getting rid of Danny Johnson and bringing in someone else who he will play and who will score goals? You're spot on, Rich. Yeah, yeah, and, and nobody nobody can argue with that. Danny Johnson would have commanded whatever fee it was. We should have just took, you know, even if it was different teams and stuff, we should have just took an offer. And um and and gone with it rather than have this. I think the other the other thing that we we've done wrong is that we made such a fanfare of him coming back that we were we were gonna like play him and all this that and other. There were interviews about him. If the plan was to just give him eight minutes here, twelve minutes here, ten minutes here, we shouldn't have just made a fuss about him. We should have just left it. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the whole Danny Johnson thing. Um, obviously, he'll be gone, which moves us on quite nicely to a retained list. Rich, um, who do you think we are going to release when that list comes out? Well, I'm not entirely sure who exactly is out of contract, but, I mean, I've j- I just had a quick look at the squad earlier. I wouldn't particularly, obviously, obviously you know, the person that we've just spent the last 20 minutes rambling on about is, is obviously going to leave. He's one of them. I'm not exactly sure who's out of contract and who's under contract, but I would probably be letting uh, John Joe O'Toole go because he's about as much use as a chocolate fire guard. <laughs> um, Jimmy Knowles, I think, will probably get released. Um I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. Obviously, Quinn, Quinn and Perch are out of contract. My my take from Perch's interview afterwards is that he knows he's not going to play every game, but if Clough wants him to stick around, he will. So I think he will, because I think Clough will want to keep him for his experience. I think they'll be talking to Quinn this week, probably trying to get him to do one more season. Um, other than that, I don't, I, you know, you've got the two, the two loan signings, hard, well, Harbottle and Swan um, I would like to see both of them stay whether that's an extension on the loan or whether we can get any of them done on a on a permanent deal um, I, I don't know how much Forrest would want um, and then obviously you've got the goalkeeping situation I don't know if Flinders is under contract but obviously Pim's only on loan um, whether they're going to try and keep him or whatever but obviously you're looking at needing a new number one straight away for next season yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that's it. I mean, um, what every, everyone that can speak, what are your thoughts on uh, James Perch one-year extension? Yeah, I'd, I'd be quite happy with that, to be fair. I mean, it could it could pass on his experience, the likes of Hewitt. Uh, and we could even try and bring in another youngish centre-back, maybe 20, 21. He could pass on some experience. Could maybe even look at converting him into a, like a player coach kind of thing, so you know, it it doesn't really need to be as much of a player, but he can 
dig us out if we need to, if we're struggling for numbers or something. And, um, yeah, just try and pass on some knowledge. And I think that if he if he builds his bond with Clough before he retires or anything like that, then he, we could potentially see him as part of the coaching team, which could be good for, obviously, a long-term thing for the centre-backs. Yeah, yeah. Um, Essex Stag, have you got uh, any thoughts on James Perch for an extra year? Yeah, I'll get rid of him. Uh, any particular reason, mate? Just age. Um, I think it's admirable. He's a local guy. He wants to stay on. Um, but I think we've got to look to the future. I think Alfie Kilgore is, is the... He's what we needed in January. We need another couple of him. He's young. I mean, that that chested goal line clearance on, on Monday. I mean, wow, what a hero he's been since he came in. Everybody will agree with me. Fuck Danny Johnson. Alfie Kilgore is, you know, potentially the future of our back four for five years, like Christian Pierce was, if we can keep hold of him. Um, I just think that really, unless he wants to be a coach, I think we should keep Quinn, regardless of age. I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, but I think we're, we're better off looking beyond James Perch. That's my thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I kind of feel the same. I think, for me, it depends on wages. Um, I think however much we're going to offer him, realistically, if he wants too much money for his age and appearance-wise, if he is only going to be a bit part piece, then it might be worth letting him go and bringing somebody else in. I think a lot of this is going to come down to wages and what people want. Uh, ben, you're back, mate. Have you got any thoughts on the one year for uh, Perchy? Yeah, I agree with Essex Stags. I think it's time he, uh, he steps down now. Like He's a great ambassador for the club. He speaks well. But I feel like I've seen him get turned over so many times on the highlights. Uh, anyone with a bit of pace coming down the sides, he gets turned over so easy. And I feel sorry for him sometimes. Do you remember Andy Cook at home, Ben? Yeah, he gets t- turned over. Oh. I feel like I've seen that on the EFL highlights about 30 times. And I think he's yeah. a liability and that should be a, a position we should look at strengthening. I don't think we should get rid of him as a whole. Like, he should be like some sort of club ambassador. Even if he does know, half-time talks or whatever he comes in, coaching staff. He's a great guy to have around the club. But yeah, I think he's best stays past him now. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I thought towards the back end of the season, Perch as a centre-back with Kilgore, um, it worked quite well for a little bit and then obviously we've got more injuries. But Dorian had too much pace. And I, I think that's the thing, isn't it, moving forward. Um, Lucas, what's your thoughts on the one-year deal? I can't remember if I asked you or not. Yeah, I like I said... Uh, keep him on as a as like a player coach type thing and he can just dig out if we need a bit of a hand, you know, we're short on numbers one week or something. Yeah, and I think that's it. Um I think we're pretty much set on Quinn getting an extra year. I mean it'd be interesting to see if anyone disagrees with a Quinn comment because um I'd I'd love to hear some reasons why. Yeah, I, I disagree with the Quinn one as well. I think Quinn and Perch both time to look for the new players in those positions now because you know they're only getting leggier and leggier. If we look at the future of MCFC and we're going to League One, are Quinn and Perch going to cut it? Definitely not in League One. So then we're going to have to take a risk in gambling with that. 
another new player to try out in that position where you could get a youngish player, 24, 25, 26, bleed them into the squad just this year. And who knows, they might be good enough for, for League One. Whereas we know that them two aren't going to be good enough for League One. So it's almost like, what's the point now in giving them another go? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, you're right in part. It, it's it's a good viewpoint to have. Um, what Would they be any good at League One? We don't know, but I just feel Together like... Yeah, come on in. So we've got to, League One. We've got to get there first. I think. I think both. I think both of them players are of the mindset of if they get Mansfield promoted, that's their job done. And I think they would retire anyway because I think they know they won't be able to compete at League One. I think it's more because, you know, you know, Perch's a hometown. You know, from the area. Quinn's spent most of his career, as far as I'm aware, playing for for Nigel Clough. So I think he wants to do it for for Nigel. I think. I think if we got promoted, I think they would both um, pack in anyway. Um, and if we are going down the route of bringing in younger signings, a bit of it, you know, as long as they're not taking up a massive amount of, of of wages, then I don't think it would hurt to keep them around just for the experience for the younger ones. Um, and the mindset as well, you know, they've both played at the highest level. And if you can get a, if you can keep a couple of them heads in and around the young ones, who are trying to get to that level, it can only benefit them. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right in part. Um, but we, like you say, we have we have got some building to do, and I do think this summer it, it's vital to get it right. Um, I'll ask this question, Lucas, and then I'll come to you first for your answer. Um, so obviously, Macca's obviously still out injured. Um, he's been out for some time now. Three different ones. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Maka next season? I I don't know. It, it's a sticky one, really. It's. I mean, you looked at him last season and he was so good. But I just think now with the injuries he's got, he's obviously getting on a little bit. Is he going to be the same player he would he was? You know, you talk about your Oates, maybe even Hewitt when he comes back. Are they going to be as good as they were? You know, with the injuries they've suffered. Um, when he got injured at, I think it was when was his last injury? Was it Newport, which finished him off for the season? I, I said then I said, I think he's got to go. You know, it's we're not. We're just paying his wages, really. And if, if he gets injured again at the start of next season, I just think he's too injury-prone. He's, he's not reliable enough for me. I mean, if we want to keep him, he could become the backup. But I, I can't see him being a first-team starter with how he's been this season. I just can't see him being the same player. Yeah. Um, Rich, your thoughts? I think... What we have got to be careful of here is, you know, the majority have agreed that Nigel Clough staying is a good thing because he's building something. But then we're going through the squad saying, yeah, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. Well, then if that's the case, we may as well just bring a younger manager in who can bring in younger players and build a fresh new young team. If we start dismantling the the, the majority of this team, then, then it, you know, you, it's sort of going against Clough building something. This squad, when fully fit, is a top seven squad. It just needs, in my opinion, a couple of extra players in certain positions. Obviously, 
you know, the chances of us getting the exact same squad for next season because of the loans and that is probably unlikely. But if you replace the loans like for like what we've got now, then we just we need to be adding a couple of players to it and adding a bit of you know a bit of fresh legs and energy into it. Not not getting rid of five or six players and bringing five or six players in. Otherwise, you may as well just have had a complete rebuild and bring a new manager in. In my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's fair as well. I mean, I disagree slightly on the squad. If if they're all fit, we'd be a top seven team. I think we'd if we had a fully fit squad all season, I think we'd walk it. We'd be we'd be second. Well that's still Maybe top seven result. Well, you know what I mean. I'd, <laughs> say, I'd say automatically, I think this team would go up automatically fully fit. Um and yeah, you're right, you know, we we do need to, you know, let Cluffy do what he's doing. Um, he has got some big gaps to fill. He's got he's got the Maca gap that desperately probably that's the most for me that and a goalkeeper are the two most important signings he's going to make. I don't think we can afford Christy Pym. Obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I think he's on. I think he's on decent money at Peterborough. It's whether he'd be willing to drop that much down to come back into League Two. Um, but I don't know. Uh, Rich, would you keep him on a permanent or would you be looking elsewhere? I think Christy Pym is one of them where I won't be overjoyed if he stays. I won't be overjoyed if he goes. I think, you know, depending on what money he wants, I think you can probably get as good a keeper for less money if he is on as much as what he's reported to be on. Um, I, I'll I'll drop him in because someone's going to be for if I don't. Obviously, Nathan Bishop's a free agent in the summer. Um, so his name's going to be banded about whether he'll sign I don't know whether Clough's you know because I think Clough wanted him for this season as well but Man, uh, Man United wouldn't let him go and that's when we went for Pim so whether he's going to be an option that they're looking at in the summer um, I don't know um, but like I say if, if Pim's on a decent wage at Peterborough and he's wanting that same wage I mean I don't think we'll be paying all his wage at the minute anyway um, but if he's wanting that same wage then there's probably a good chance that we're not going to keep him anyway yeah, and you know I'd go for that, Lucas. Uh, your thoughts? Um, I, obviously, as as I've said before, I've I've only really probably, you know, started following the club this year, so I don't really know all the ins and outs of things, and you know, the base of the club and stuff, but. I do think that we we've got to look at strength in the back line again. Definitely, you've obviously with Hewitt being out now, Pim going back to Peterborough. Well, we say Peterborough. It looks like he's going elsewhere. Um, I think that's really all we've got to do. We don't really need any more strikers. You know, we've got Aikens, Gale, Oates. Hopefully, Swan if he'll come back. Keeler done. You know, the, the flying out up there. It's it's mainly the the back five if we're you know goalkeeper and back four if you want to call it that yeah um, uh, yeah I'd like another attacking player but I think if we get Swan back then that kind of puts that one to bed if we don't then we probably need to look elsewhere uh, Ben what are your thoughts I feel pretty impartial about Pim like we can probably get better value for money if he's on a, on the wage that people suggest that he is, I, prefer, I personally prefer a bit of a larger keeper, someone a bit taller. 
Um, you know, his shot saving percentage stats weren't great this season, but he did face a lot of shots. Um, so I'm impartial. If, if we keep him, we keep him. If we don't, we don't. I'd like to see Owen I mean, Mason give give a bit more of a chance. You know, we hear all these good things about him with the like Island under 21s or 2018s or whatever it is. I think he needs to be given a chance, even if it's the FA Cup games, the FL Cup. We, I think we need to stop bleeding him through now a little bit. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I mean, I'm completely biased when it comes to Owen Mason and Rich tell you this as well. But I, I do think it's time to stop bringing like younger, the next generation of Stags players through, um, rather than looking for another option outside yeah, the club. What's the situation with Flinders as well? Is he out of contract now? I don't know. I think when he signed, he was given a two-year deal. I seem to think he's under contract. Yeah. Originally, I can remember him signing for two years and Nigel saying, it's amazing, this guy could be our number one. Um, But I'd need to have a look and dig it out and stuff like that. Um, Is, is Is there a potential there then for Flinders to be number one next season and Owen Mason to be number two? and play the cup games and what have you, then that saves you recruiting anybody else in and frees money up for outfield players. Would you want Flinders as a number one? Well, I don't know, but you've just said Nigel Clough said he's a number one. Yeah. Is that, is that, well, what, is that, what, that what Clough's thinking? Yeah, yeah possibly. Point. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a good shout. Um, and if it, if it starts to bring Owen through, then it's not a... I suppose it's not a bad thing, really. Um, but yeah, we like you say, we don't know the inner workings. Lucas, you've got your hand up, mate. Yeah, it's... I know Edward's going to hate me for this. The, the only issue I have with that is, yes, Flinders is probably good enough to be number one. The only problem with not investing in someone else is, say he got injured, is Owen Mason good enough? to be the keeper, you know, it's, I, I think that we would need someone else ahead of Owen Mason as a backup. Um, just because if, obviously if, if we are going to go with Flinders as number one, I do think we need someone that is better than Owen Mason to cover, you know, if, if he does suffer an injury or something. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but is, is that not football? No, I don't think any of did any of us expect James Gale to come into that squad and score the goals that he scored. Realistically, I'm guessing we we don't know until we take a chance. You know what I mean? You you only get better at football by playing it. So our old our old is Owen Mason. Just I think did I see it on? I think he turned 21 the other day. Essex, you've got your hand up, mate. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you about Owen Mason. I think he definitely should have a chance. I agree with Ben, very impartial about Christy Pym. Um, with the money that he's undoubtedly earning, I think if he comes back next season, great, I'd take him. But if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, James Gale, I've said it before, after the goal at the weekend, he's done what Tyrese Sinclair didn't do, and that's deliver when he gets a chance. So he undoubtedly needs more game time next season in the first team. Uh, one person we've all forgotten who I'd love to see in the squad as a backup centre-half next year is um, is young George um, Cooper. Yeah, definitely. And you're right, a lot of us have forgotten because 
obviously he's been out on loan so long, but he's he's had some good reviews while he's been on loan. You know, unfortunately, he's been with a relegated team, the same as Owen. But it's all about getting that experience into it and growing from that. And uh, Lucas, if you look at the chat now, you'll see somebody with a hand up. So you know exactly where this is going to go. Go on then, Edward. Oh, Mason's actually 18. There you go. See, I knew if anybody in this chat had known it, it'd be my son. Well, I, as, as long as he's not going to come after me, then that's all that matters. So. I will. There you go. Um, who was um, it, it was it was Owen Mason's last loan? Was it Belper? No, it was right. I always get these two mixed up. I want to say Kettering because they got relegated. I think last time I said Kidderminster. It was Kettering. Kettering, there you go. So yeah, I think are they the league below? Were they National North or the league below that? No, I think they were National League North. So it, yep. you know, is is there an option to get him? In, into the National League as a number one and playing, you know, as, as a first-team keeper there, if he is just, you know, he's obviously 21 or younger, um, 18 if, if, that's, if, if that is right. Um, you know, is, is there a way of getting him into the National League as a number one goalkeeper? Because he's going to benefit more playing as a number one than he is coming and sitting on our bench behind either Scott Flinders or, or somebody else. You know, like you say, you only improve especially at that age, if you're playing games. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, Lucas, you've got your hand up. Yeah, I'm... Hold on, my internet's just having a bit of a moment. But I'm actually looking through um, who's out of contract um, this summer. Hold on. There's, from what I've seen, there's actually quite a few people out of contract. Um, if you leave it with me for a minute, I'll get back to you. It's just having a bit of a blip. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah, I've got to be, yeah, I've got to check who was at, when that was updated as well because last time I checked, it said uh, who was it the last signed a contract? Was it Ollie? Was it Ollie Clark? Ollie Clark. Yeah, it's still. I think a lot of them still say he's out of contract and, he, and he's not. Um, and I don't know how many others have signed. Elliot Hewitt signed a new contract. I think he's showing up as out of contract. So it's not all of them are out of contract that say they are. Yeah, well, Hewitt's contract says twenty twenty five, so that's right. But Ollie Clark isn't for some reason. Uh, I'm just going to go off what it says anyway. Um, so obviously Quinn and Perch, Clark's obviously signed a new deal. Uh, Wallace Oates, Danny Johnson, who's leaving anyway. Maris, Jason Law, Jimmy Knowles, and James Gale are all out of contract according to this. I'm pretty signed a deal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure George Maris did as well, didn't he? Yeah, and I'm not sure if James Gale has as well. Yeah, so so I think, yeah, they've not updated that, but I've not seen anything about Kieran Wallace. But if that's the case then, so we're going to be losing very little again, so we're going to be keeping the core of the team together. Um, I, I do think there'd be a shock. I think there might be somebody transfer listed that you don't expect, because um, I think that's how Nigel likes to operate sometimes. Uh, Edward, you've got your hand up, mate. Yeah, apparently you said a couple of days ago that you wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Knowles was going to leave. Yeah, yeah, we we spoke about Jimmy Knowles and his loan, and I know we we kept him on in the season, didn't he? Because 
he had a bad injury, but I, I highly suspect that Jimmy will be released. Um, he might not be, and he might get a shot, but I think with James Gale coming through, how well he has, I think, I think Jimmy will be released based on that, personally. Lucas, you've got your hand up. Oh, it's, it's just from before. It's not because I didn't take myself off mute. It's not took itself off. Yeah, no worries. So I think we've pretty much covered everything. Rich, is there anything else we need to cover? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, season ticket prices are out. Um, for most of us, there's been like a, a twenty pound increase, which, to be honest, in this day and age of everything going up, isn't bad. Um, I think when we were talking, a lot of us, especially Jay, I don't think Jay's here now. Jay spoke about his mum and, you know, how, how hard his mum's working for money. And, you know, sometimes a lot of people are feeling the strain right now. So I think £20, you know, they could have frozen on, but that's in an ideal world. But I think £20 for me is probably fair. The kids are still fairly cheap. I mean, it's it's 50 quid for a kid in our stand. Um so, you know, that's that's quite good because what can you do with a kid for £2? Um, ben, have you got a season ticket, mate? No, I haven't. I actually live in Southampton, so it's, it's a bit of a trek for me. Yeah, I, d- I did wonder with the accent, mate. Did you get a chance to go to many games this season? Or Yeah, so I, I try and do most of the ones in, in the south, so sort of your Crawleys, Newports, those kind of ones. But my family are all still up north and they're all season ticket holders oh that's good then well you know thanks for still sticking with us mate and travelling to away games I mean I know Crawley and Colchester aren't the most nicest of away days for you but you know yeah, cheers, it's for, uh, good ones uh, Wimbledon this year was a good one nice yeah good yeah atmosphere. it's a nice little ground that is yeah but yeah thanks mate um, Natalie you've joined again got your hand up She's figured out which button to press. I know she is, isn't she? She's trying to unmute herself. Look, hey, Good she's evening. done it. <laughs> Hello. Gonna tell us Jay's been bowled out first ball. No. We can't hear it. We can't hear it. <laughs> Phone's so far away so she can see the screen. Oh, Nickers Lucas. <laughs> uh, good evening, everybody. Oh, this sounds very formal. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> no, I'd just like to say I have been in stitches. Have you seen how we've been slated for our fancy dress? <laughs> oh, my day, yeah. I don't know if the subject's no. been brought up, but obviously I've been out for half of the um, the chat and Jay's been telling me all about the Chesterfield fans ripping us to bits. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, it's all well and good Chesterfield fans taking piss, but you, you know when you're shagging your sister, you haven't really got a leg to stand on, have you? <laughs> Well, the, the conversation goes down to Chesterfield and us. We just do not, we're not the best of friends and we never will be the best of friends. And if that's all they can do is take the piss out of our costumes, then rather sad, really. I think we was the best fancy dress ever. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it was brilliant and well attended by everyone. And for those that are listening that haven't seen the pictures or don't know, so there is there is a group of us, quite a few. Um, um, basically, what we did is <coughs> dress, dress up as players. I went as Will Swan. Um, it was a pain in the arse to do my hair at five o'clock in the morning. So uh, I'd advise anyone having long hair because it's just annoying. 
Um, Natalie went as Nigel with an awesome badge that said, uh, Nigel not cluffy. Um, and it, it was well attended by everyone. Richard went as his favourite player, which is Richard. Around Oh, um, yeah. See, there you go, <laughs> It was a mint day. Come on, we was the best fancy dress ever. And I just find yeah. it amusing that other fans are just ripping us to bits, calling us full kit wankers. <laughs> and, and that was the intention that we went with. That you know, that is what we went to try and do. I, I think, think that's the thing, though. When you see when you see the big when you see the big photo of us all stood outside the bus when everyone's together, it looks good. But then I think I've shown you when I sent you that about them other two that were sat at the front when Mansfield put that video on about the fans, and you've just randomly got <laughs> two two people sat in front row with a full kit. On. <laughs> That was hilarious. Like just gone in the full kit. And we all split up and we're just like wandering around in full kit. That's why we look stupid. But when we and actually fans... had the photo, like the team photo, it did look good. It, that that was hilarious, Rich. And honestly, we're the fans have put like sick faces of the, of the two full kit wankers at the front. I wonder if they got Some people on. have randomly turned up just in a full kit and the chance that they're only get 10 minutes at end. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> we got, uh, Andy Garner was delighted with... Uh, with Bryn that went as uh, that went as Garner, he came straight up at Butts and came round for his photo and that. So, you know, the players laughed and I uh, forgot to get my photo with Cluffy. Yeah, it's yeah, Nigel. It's Nigel. Oh, sorry. See now, look what you've done. <laughs> you look and I've got it, the name nah, badge as well. That's it. You can't renew your season ticket next season. Now he's kicking you out. Yeah, that's he did, it. Now he did laugh at my badge, though. He thought it was amazing. Good. As long as the players enjoyed it and we all enjoyed it, it don't matter, does it? So, yeah, so it was a good thing. I think we'll probably make it an annual tradition as going as the team, I think. Um, or we're looking to it, at least. Uh, Edward, you've got your hand up, mate. Have you forgot about me? No? <laughs> I've just not got round to it yet. <laughs> You're taking so long, though. It's because you're upstairs on your Xbox again. No, he's out the arse. They've gone shopping for Prime. Oh, God. Oh, bloody hell. No. I've no. got some. Oh, great. You know yeah. how you're spending your Saturdays now, Russ? No, I'm not, Dad, honestly. I'm not. Get some prime. No. no. Don't let him drink that before bedtime, for God's sake. He's out. You're out of the tired. house. This is why they're joining in now, live and uncensored, because they're not in the house. So, no, I mean, thing. don't let him drink before bedtime. I was going to be climbing the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Well... You know, not my problem. I'm not there. That's my view. <laughs> you um, will be there, though. Right, come on then. Uh, over to you, Edward. What What is this part about? Uh, about my... Like, I've forgotten. Player of the map. Man Dad, help me. You ready? So yeah. it's, this time is... I'll do it for you, Edward, because it's not like yeah. you have all season. It's Edward's Player of the Week. So, Edward, reveal who your Player of the Week is. Uh, James Gale. James Gale. And why? Uh, because I thought he made a really good improvement when he came on. And that got, and his goal was actually, like, I did not know that he was going to score that. I thought he was going to miss. And it was very shocking. Good. Well, actually, you, t- you talk better joining in on the space than you do taking my phone. So. <laughs> do I? You know. Yeah, so that's a lesson learned, but I think we'll start wrapping up now. So I'd just like to thank everyone uh, from myself, 
for listening and a big thank you to Rich coming in and being my co-host because um, he's, he's done an awesome job and covers the crap that I don't cover so it works well so Rich really appreciate it mate and thank you no um, it's going to be a bit quiet over summer I thought about doing a space every week but then I'm like what what do you talk about every week oh what have I done bit of gardening bit of shopping bit of shopping for Prime so I think <laughs> I think what we might do, I'll discuss it with Rich and others, and if you just tweet me and let me know, if we if we announce a sign-in, we, we do like a little half an hour space, discuss him, look at stats, look where he could fit in the team if people want that. Um, obviously, summer's coming. I've got a couple of interviews coming up with some people that work at the club that are basically unsung heroes because I think it's important for Stags fans not just to know about the players, but the people behind the scenes that do all the stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to end it with Edward and then Lucas. So, Edward, you've got your hand up. Why is everyone left? I don't know, mate, because it's like, nearing the end and that's what you do. Yeah, there's like 27 people and there's only like 15 now. Yeah, that's because this is like the end of the film. So when the credits start rolling... This is when people leave. So. Yeah, because you always watch the credits for some reason. Yeah, so what an input, mate. What an input. Brilliant. Lucas? Uh, I just want to say that I'm expecting big improvements on this introduction that I went and recorded on awards night because this is now two weeks in a row I've been let down at the start. Oh, shit, yeah. Do you know Lucas, what the we've, got, we've got a job getting him getting it working from start. No, my playing <laughs> fucking intro and all. I know, and, and this is a problem, isn't it? Um, if it worked the first time, every time, I'd be able to bang out an intro. But at the time, I'm that stressed with trying to get it up and running that it, yeah, I just forget about it. But yeah, thank you. I mean, <laughs> you did go out and record me an intro and nearly get yourself in bother because he thought you were tapping him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was worth it. But yeah, it's been an amazing season going home and away with all my friends. Nat's here, Rich is here, Edward's listening in, Healy. When she makes the occasional one game a season, she's listening. <laughs> uh, J- Jason's listening, and yeah, uh, Marie put a good message in the group about planes coming back too early, and she was glad to see Hartigan back. And uh, she's she's got a valid point. Maybe some players have rushed back from injury, um, but we will never know, I guess. Um, Keely wants to come in and talk now, so I'll let her come in. Uh, she's going to come in. I think she's going to say a couple of words. Some of you might not recognise her, but she does support stags. So, Keely, it's over to you. <laughs> bottled it. She's bottled it, hasn't she? Bottled it. Come on, Keely. Done a dash. Don't know what button to press. Bottled job. <laughs> bottled job. But yeah, no. Anyway, thank you everyone for sticking with us, listening, um, joining in when the spaces go to cheer, and I have to do it about four times. Oh, it's been a really good season. We, we only started this in January, so we're still kind of getting used to it all. Um, but hopefully it will get better next season. They get long. Well, it has been long anyway, but they get a little bit longer as the season progresses. And yeah, uh, me and Richard will have a talk and a couple of beers over to decide what else we can do. And thanks for joining. Keely, I'm going to let you have the last word. Oh, no, don't do that. I literally clicked it by accident, so I do apologise. <laughs> well, I genuinely thought you were going to put in some words of wisdom. No, I'm so sorry, but uh, have a good summer, everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and you, we'll th- miss you all loads. Aww. 
Have a good summer, everybody. Stay safe, enjoy yourselves, and hopefully we'll have some good signing news to discuss, um, and we'll all be excited for pre-season, and I'll yeah, that's Scotland. it then. So, take care, everyone, and I'll see you soon. Amber and Blue out. See you soon. You copied the YouTube channel thing.